0: Welcome to Kingdom Light Church Stellenbosch. May this life giving word activate your faith today. Morning, we're going to start with week two of our series called Perspective. Perspective. Look at somebody next to you and look at them. Say, Do you have perspective? Come on, do you have perspective? Look at your wife or your husband or your. I mean, it's like, What is your perspective today? Now. Through this series we trust God. Come on, we're going to trust God together that his word will change our perspective on how we live our life. You see it's very it's it's very important to live from God's perspective. Cuz nowadays with covid and this and business is struggling and finance is struggling, we can easily live from a different perspective and and don't know why we're struggling. But well, we are living from a worldly perspective and we need to constantly shift our perspective on a daily, on a weekly, on a sometimes on an hourly basis to God and to his word and to his promises for you and for me. Now, last week I said, I love finding out something new in life. Don't you? I love finding a new, a new quote or a new revelation or something new that I've never seen in that way before. <laughs> the wise you see moments like that change my perspective it changed my perspective on how I see things in life and I love moments like that well I think we need moments like that um, I mean I always say a great leader is a leader who always keeps growing always seek things to grow not to say I'm the best I'm the greatest I'll never be greater than this no it's nonsense we need to find that perspective every day every week find new things read new things Meditate on the scriptures so that our perspective can change in life. Especially in times like now. As we're facing COVID-19. If we're facing a pandemic. As people are struggling. Especially now we need a God perspective. More than any time. I mean people went through world wars. We're going through COVID-19. It's different. But we need God's perspective in this time. You see... When our perspectives change, in that moment, we have a mind shift. A mind shift. Say that with me. Mind shift. See, sometimes our mind needs to shift from one perspective to a different one. Now, I'm going to speak about a couple of mind shifts today that is very important. You see, a mind shift is when my mind actually moves from one thinking or thinking one way to thinking a different way. Let me give you an example. I remember when I went into full-time ministry. Man, I was so excited. I wanted to do everything. And there were so much opportunities. I mean, I I wanted to counsel and help and, and disciple and serve. And I wanted to connect people with each other and connect to them. And I wanted to pray for the sick. And I wanted to do everything. Until I came one day that I was so tired that I couldn't make it. I had to take like two days leave. And just sleep. Why? Because I became so overwhelmed That I couldn't keep up with the pace. I couldn't do all the opportunities God placed in front of me. And then one day one of my leaders sat with me and he said, Henny, see God will always give you more opportunities in life than you can handle yourself. And instead of taking all of these things on, why don't you pray and ask God, Lord, what do I need to focus on so that I can be more effective in those couple of things? You see, God is amazing. He doesn't just have you or me to do all those things around our lives. He's got more than enough people to do things. If you miss one, there will be someone else who would do it. And God's kingdom will, it's, will keep on advancing. But, but since I started praying that prayer, I had a mind shift. And I knew that I could be more effective in that five things instead of struggling to get to the 25. You see, for me, it was a big mind shift. Or maybe when I was in high school, I could never understand why my parents were so hard on me in terms of all the disciplines and the things that I had to do until I got my own kids. (laughs) I had a mind shift. I had a mind shift in life. And today I want to talk about the following. Are you ready? I want to talk about a different way of thinking. A different way of thinking. You see there's so many things around us in life that that helps you think about things. And and actually directs us to think about things in a certain way. And that's why the world can paint your perspective for you. But see we need to align ourselves with God's word. When you change your perspective to God's word there's a different way of thinking. Now I'm trusting today that the word will help us to make a mind shift in this topic. Mind shift. You're going to hear this a lot this morning. Now, if you missed last week, let me quickly catch you up on the context of our sermon series. Are you ready? Now we're going through the book of Philippians. Now, Philippians was a book that Paul wrote to the people of Philippi. And and this church, he started this church about 52 years after Jesus' um, um, pass, or after Jesus' death, or crucifixion and, and uh, resurrection. Now many theologians believe that this was Paul's favorite church. He truly, truly loved these people. And what did they do? They sent him a generous gift in a very tough time. And he was so overwhelmed by this gift that he wrote them a very heartfelt, very loving letter called Philippians. Now, if we read through these four chapters on Philippians, Philippians 1, 2, 3, 4, we can actually see that Paul speaks about, um, about, about the mind more than 16 times. He speaks about the mind. He speaks about... He talks about you think. He speaks about when you remember. Or he speaks about our attitude as believers. All about the mind. How we think about things. Now this is very important. If you want to grasp and really catch what Paul is saying. You need to realize that Paul spoke about how we need to think. Which is very important. See, In short, we will see today how Paul says the following. This is this is a, a preview for where we're going to. It says, when our perspective on life changes, we have a different way of thinking. When our perspective on life changes through the word, through God, through life, through the Holy Spirit, we start thinking differently about things. Now let's dive into it. Philippians. 2. Last week we looked at Philippians 1. Today we're going to look at Philippians 2. Now if you've got your Bible with me or you can follow here with me on the screen um, it's for your benefit. Um, I'm going to jump um, around from the NIV to the NLT today and there's going to be a couple of scriptures because I I really felt that there's some scriptures and some translations that really give the essence of this book what it's supposed to be or, or from the original text. Now we're going to jump in and then we're going to uh, man, God's gonna give us something amazing today. Now, Philippians two, verse one and two, and I'm reading this first verses out of the NIV. It says the following: Therefore, if there, um, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if in any comfort, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then. Here we go. Last week's topic. Then make my joy complete. I said last week that if you can pull a thin thread through Philippians. The whole theme of the book is joy. And he says here. Then make my joy complete. Being like-minded. Like-minded. Make a note there if you've got your Bible. Being like-minded. Having the same love. Being one in spirit. And one of mind of one mind now at the stage at this stage in this book where paul um wrote this at the stage in this in, in, in the in the philippian church they were going through a little bit of a division in the church one people were thinking one thing other people were thinking they had a, some a bit of a theo, theological differences that they were that that caused conflict in the church and 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 with this paul started mentioning some of those things in the second letter and he said the following he said Paul was encouraging them, because of this, he was encouraging them to be like-minded. To think about the same things. Not to let their thoughts go wayward all over, but to think about the same things. Now the word like-minded in the scripture, like-minded, is translated from the Greek word phronio, or Yeah, phronio, (laughs) it almost sounds like a superhero name, phronio. It means to set your affection on, to set your affection, like-minded, in a Greek, means to set your affection on, to think, and to be single-minded, single-minded. So Paul says, he says, I want you to be like-minded, think on similar things, similar things. Now, what does this matter? If we look at this, what does this really matter? Any? See, if we look through the scriptures, all through the Bible, a lot of things that Paul actually wrote, we see the following. We see powerful verses that shows us the, important, the, the importance of our thought life. Listen to it. James 1 verse 8. It says, a double-minded man is unstable in all these ways. A double-minded man. See, Paul says, I want you to be like-minded or single-minded. Don't be double-minded it's like a it's like a, it goes on it's like a ship without a rider you don't know where it's going Paul said to um, in two, uh, Romans 12 verse two we all know this so very well he says don't conform to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve God's will which is pre perfect pleasing and, and it goes on he says don't be transformed by Ugh, don't be transformed by the renew- Ugh, don't be conformed. <laughs> don't be conformed by the world and everything around you, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, renewing means that it's a daily thing. We need to renew our mind, renew our mind. Paul said in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 10, it's not on here, but it says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to, to Christ. See every thought in our lives, we need to take it captive and bring it to obedience. Bring it back to the to our perspective that the word gives us. Philippians 4 verse 8. Later on in this book. We're going to get to that in two weeks time. He says. I love the scripture. Philippians 4 verse 8. He says. Finally brothers and sisters. Whatever is true. Whatever is noble. Whatever is right. Whatever is pure. Whatever is lovely. Whatever is admirable. If anything. Is excellent or praiseworthy. Listen to this. Think about such things. Here Paul just gave us. Absolute list. I say I want you to think about these things. Make sure you think about because what you think about have an effect. You see, Proverbs says the following: He says, A man thinks in his heart, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Remember that scripture? As a man or a woman or a person thinks in his heart, so is he. What thoughts are in your heart, in your mind on a weekly basis? what frustrates you what what just takes over your think process every week now let me give you your first mind shift for today we're going to do four of those today our first mind shift for today is the following are you ready it says how you think determines what you become how we think on a daily basis how we think about things will determine what you will become. I'm not saying who you will become. What you will become. Now, very important. There's a great leadership principle in this. And, and, and a lot of leadership coaches use this. And I love this principle. He says, see, if we want to learn from the greatest mentor, the greatest successful businessman, or the greatest sports star, or the greatest pastor, or evangelist, or just someone great, man or woman, don't just copy what they do. It's a very important principle. Don't just copy what they do. No, no. Why, why, don't, why, don't, why can't we just copy what they do? Because we don't have the gift or the talents or the, or the calling that they have. But what you should do is to find out how they think. How they process. What they read that, that actually influences their thinking. See, don't just copy the do. Learn how they think. Get on the inside of their mind. And and if you can, can think like they think, then you can do with your calling, what God has given you, do great things. Very important. Now for Paul, come back to Paul. Paul, for him, everything was about Jesus. Everything was about Jesus. He said in Philippians 1, and we finished with that last week. He said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So Paul is saying to the Philippian church, don't just, and to us today, uh, he says, don't just think like each other. Don't just think like each other. But rather all think like Christ. Think like Christ. Don't just everybody like robots think the same thing. Rather think like Christ. He, in one, per, one part of this, the scriptures he says, have the mind of Christ. Have the mind of Christ. Very powerful. Now why is this so important? why is this so important for us today see if we look at the way jesus lived you might probably think Henny, i could never live like that i could never be like that i could never love like jesus has loved i could never be as generous as jesus has been i could never be as full of grace as our king has been and i could never please god as jesus has pleased god now let me let me give you another mind shift are you ready are you ready see if you think like jesus thought you will live like jesus lived if you think like jesus thought you can live like jesus lived if we think like jesus thought empowered by the spirit like he was empowered by the spirit we can actually live like he lived we can now let me ask the question how did jesus think how did jesus think See if we look at uh, how he taught and through the scriptures, and you go through all the gospels. The way he lived, he always thought about two things: pleasing God and loving people. Pleasing God and loving people. In fact, when people asked him, said, "Jesus, what is the greatest commandment?" He went to Matthew twenty-two. He said in Matthew twenty-two, verse thirty-seven. He says, he says, Jesus replied. He said, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind." And then he says. Um, this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second like is, uh, the, the second is like, like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, this is my most important focus. This is what I'm focusing on. To love God and love people. And if you know me and if you know my, my wife and you know our church, this is one of our main values in this church is to love God and love people. Because when you love God, you will not be able not or won't be able not to love people. Because that is who God is. God has a love that surpasses all understanding. See, Jesus' number one focus was to love God and love people. See, Paul was trying to teach the Philippian church and us as we're reading this to think from this perspective. To think from this perspective. Now if you don't think like the world, but renew your thinking to think like Jesus, you'll actually live like Jesus. You can actually live like Jesus. Now in, in verse three, we, we just wrote, um, read Philippians two, verse one and two. In verse three, Paul shows us the how-to. Let's read together. He says, "Don't be <clears throat> don't be, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourself. Very powerful short scripture. See Paul says don't be selfish and try to impress others. Don't worry about those things man. He says he's talking to all of us. To be honest he's talking to all of us because all of us struggle with this same thing. One or other time in our lives. We want the approval of others. And we want to to place ourselves into a better position. Thinking about ourselves. Thinking about how people think about us. You see, it comes down to selfishness and approval addiction. And Paul says, don't have that approval addiction. Don't worry about other people or where you get in life. There's so, something so much more important. Paul says, he says, be humble and think of others more than yourself. Now the word humility or humble, in some, some scriptures he speak about humility or um. um and and that word humility in the Greek, now I can't pronounce that, that word in the Greek. I th- I think you need a license for that, and and um you can't say that word without adult supervision. You know, so I'm not going to say that word today. But that word humility in the Greek means the following: it means modesty, it means humility of mind or lowliness of mind, <clears throat> lowliness of mind. You see, lowliness of mind, in other words. Um, it means that I choose in my mind to position myself lower than others, to please God, and love other people. Now I'm not saying any ah. Oh, now I need to crawl before everyone, and I need to be. I mean to be uh, lowly and bow before everyone. No, no, it's not that. You see, it's not that. It is your way of thinking. You think of yourself lower than others, as you, you humble yourself, like Christ has done. Philippians 2 verse 4. Listen to verse 4 and 5. This will show you and give you more perspective. Verse 4 and 5. It says, don't look out for your own interests. But take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude. Say with me, attitude as Christ Jesus had. Very important. You see, Jesus' attitude was not, I'm going to be lowly. I'm going to be so... Oh sorry, I'm, I'm sorry about everything. No, no. Jesus was secure in himself. He had a strong personality. He was bold. But Jesus was humble. He had a, his, his interest was not to promote himself, but to love people. Humili- not humiliate himself, but be humble towards others. Now attitude. I love this word, attitude. Maybe you should look at the person next to you and say, Where's your attitude? <laughs> Come on, say it with Attitude. Now, attitude is a small but yet so powerful word. A very small but a powerful word. See, attitude is that little little thing that makes a big difference. And attitude can change the course of your life. Did you know that? I've, I've been in sports psychology for a long, long time. And I've worked with so many professional guys all over the um, the world and South Africa, and I can tell you today that attitude can make the difference. It can change the course of life. It can, can change a career, It can change a business, if your attitude is right. Now, I love the story. There was an army doctor who came to the army hospital in wartime, and there was a soldier there who just lost his arm. And the doctor said to the soldier, "Like, oh, you have lost your arm in this great cause." And the soldier looked at him and said, "No." The soldier smiled and he said, no, you see, I didn't lose it, I gave it. You see, just a little bit of a change in attitude changed the course of your life. You see, attitude is that small thing that can make a huge difference. It can make a massive difference in your life. Now, I worked with the top varsity cup teams in the the country. I worked with top curry cup teams and I worked with probably one of the top super rugby coaches and being one of the Springbok assistant coaches in the, in the World Cup. And his motto, and I was, I will always remember this, his motto when we were with him in the team meetings and he sat and he spoke to the team, he said, guys, I want you to know this, this is our motto, that our defense is all attitude. And he had this big banner in the team room that says, defense equals attitude. And that was our motto. That was what we said to each other. That's what the guys said to each other in the, on the field when we were defending this this try line and, and you guess what? That team became the top defensive team three years in a row in a Varsity Cup and in Curry Cup. Amazing. Now, let me define attitude. Let me give you a bit of a more, better definition of attitude. See, our attitude is our habit of thought. Our attitude is our habit of thought. It's the way you've trained your brain to think. It's the way you trained your brain Do you know we can train our brain to think? Now, a habit can be created. Now, we all know that a habit can be created. Why? Because action repeated becomes a habit formed. Maybe I should say that again. Action, every action in your life repeated becomes a habit formed. Now, we can create a good or a bad habit in our lives. Today I want to say we can create a good habit of thought or a bad habit of thought in your life. Did you know that? You can have a habit of bad thoughts, negative thoughts, pessimistic thinking. It can be a habit without us knowing it. Remember Romans 12 verse 2? It said, Romans 12 verse 2 it said, Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. The way they think. If you go and read Romans 12 verse 2. Do yourself a favor. Go to the Amplified Version and read Romans 12 verse 2. He says. Don't listen to the way people are doing things. And the world are doing things. And how they make decisions. No, no. Change the way you think. By aligning yourself to God's word. Renewing your mind on a daily basis. You see. A habit of thought can be built, can be created in our lives. Now what Paul didn't say, what he didn't say is just to have a positive attitude. Oh guys, just have a positive attitude. You'll get through this. No, no, no. That's not what he said. He said you should have a Christ-like attitude. Let's read verse 5 again. It says, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Christ-like. You see, our attitudes on a daily basis should be christ-like not challenge like or problem focusing on all the problems but to be christ-like every day our attitude now if you go to verse 6 in philippians 2 it shows us such attitude paul speaks about such attitude through jesus's life let's read together verse 6 it says though he was god he's speaking about jesus Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. We've used this scripture in the past. He said, instead he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. Here's another mind shift. Are you ready? You see, so many times in our life we think of all this, oh, I need to get myself out there. I need to promote myself. I got to be great. You know, I need to get more friends on Facebook. I need my Instagram account to be liked. You know, I need to take better pictures. And I need to do, I need to do. But see, when in life in God's kingdom, when we live in God's kingdom, we have this mind shift. Listen to this. It says, pleasing God isn't about self-promotion. It's about self-surrender. It's not about self-promotion, promoting myself, getting myself out there, doing things so that people can see me. I want that approval from people. No, no. It's all about surrendering to yourself. Now, Jesus gave up his equality, being equal to God. He gave up his godly qualities. And he surrendered everything to God. Everything so that he can win and gain everything. It's one of the most beautiful pieces of the gospel that I know. I love that. He gave up everything and therefore he gained everything. Sometimes we feel, oh, I'm losing everything in my life. But sometimes God wants you to lose some things so that he can give you more in your life. You see, what did Lucifer do in Genesis? Lucifer, what did he tried to grab equality? As God, he wanted to be like God, he wanted to get it, grab it. That word grab actually means to rape, to forcefully take it, to grab it. It's actually in the in the Bible. And he says that's exactly what Lucifer did. But what did Jesus do? He gave up, he surrendered. And as he surrendered everything, God gave him everything. You see, as we surrender our lives. As we surrender our businesses, as we surrender our family, as we surrender our happiness. I can go on and on. As we surrender all these things, we find life in Christ. We find life in Him. See, you need to change that perspective this morning. To, how can I do this? How can I get happiness? How can I save this? How can I do this? No, no. Sometimes we need to surrender. And as we surrender, God comes and He gives us life in Christ. Now just like Jesus gained everything, he gained everything because of one thing. He had a humble position that he took. There was humility. There was a lowliness of of interest. He he was humble. Now let's look at Paul again. Paul lived in this position all his life. He was was humble. and Every time he reads a letter you will see how humble Paul actually was. See, he was a humble servant of Christ. And it is seen in all his letters. Every letter that Paul has written. I mean, he was bold in some of them. But there was a humility and a servanthood. He was a humble servant to every church and every person he ministered to. Now, when Paul introduced himself in this letter of Philippians. In this letter. It is the only book he didn't introduce himself as an apostle. The only book. Why? In every other book he gave all his credentials. I was the Apostle Paul. The, I mean this and this and this. But in this book not. Because he had a relationship with these people. Why? Because he was a servant. He, he started this book. The book of Philippians He said. Me Paul and Timothy my son as bond servants to Christ. Bond servants to you. He shows himself as a servant. Now Jesus The word servant, let me just go back. The word servant literally means the one who permanently devotes himself to the will of another. The, the, The Greek word for servant is doulos. Doulos. It's a beautiful word, doulos. Now Jesus made himself nothing so that he can become a doulos. A servant of all. Now here's another mind shift for us. If you're making notes. Serving is not what I do. Serving is who I am. Serving is who you are. It's not what you do. Now I told this story probably before. I can't remember, um, about my neighbor's front lawn. and <laughs> a couple of years back, we moved into this house next to a young couple, and, um, and they were working all the time. We, we barely saw them. We knew them, and we, but, but they were never there. And every week, then I mowed my lawn and I cleaned my garden, and every time I saw his front lawn, I mean it's like oof, it looked bad. I mean the the, the grass is not cut, there's leaves all over, it just looks bad. And he comes, they come in late at night and they leave early in the morning. He doesn't have time to to um to clean everything. And every time when I fix my garden every Saturday or every once a week, I look at his garden, I think, man, it looks bad. I clean this and it looks nice this side at least, not that side. Till one day God actually convicted me. He said, Henny. Maybe you should stop moaning and complaining about this garden. And maybe you should go and fix it. And I was like, oh Lord, yes. I'm sorry, I need your character. I need Christ-like character. I'm going to fix his lawn. So I finished my garden. And uh, (laughs) I jumped up and I mowed his lawn. I raked all his leaves. And I put everything in bags. I even broomed his driveway. Everything was looking perfect, beautiful. But I couldn't wait for him to come back. And to see what I've done, I even actually, I was so chuffed about myself. I even told a couple of friends and like, yeah, yeah, this is what I do. You need to have Christ-like character. This is what I've done this week. And then God spoke to me (laughs) so clearly. He said, Henny, he said, man, (laughs) remember serving is not what you do. It's who you are while you do the serving. Who you are while you do the serving. Sometimes God says when we give that your one hand give and the other hand doesn't even know. When we serve, don't, you don't have to shout it out to everyone because who you are as a pure servant doesn't care if people knows or not. It's who we are. Serving is who we are, not what we do necessarily. But we need to do to be a servant. So as we do, we need to think about who we are as we do. Now, how did Jesus serve? Now, this is a good question. See, Jesus said, come to me to be served. I'm coming to you to be your servant. (laughs) He says, I have come to serve, not to be served by others. Isn't that amazing what Jesus did? He gave up his divinity and he said, I'll come humbly to you to serve you. And everyone on earth in that that time were waiting for the Messiah to be the great king, to be lifted up and high and save us. And Jesus says, no, 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 I'll be humble." And I'll come in so that I can be a servant to you all. Isn't that amazing? Now, he stated, he started with who he was. And who Jesus was, What he was a servant. He was a servant. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Now, how did Jesus serve? We'll see this in verse 8 to 11. I'm going to finish with this. And there's one more mind shift coming up. One more mindset. I'm finishing with this. Philippians 2 verse 8 to 11. It says the following. He says, He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above every other name that the name of Jesus That by the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Man, I love this scripture. It is so beautiful. It is probably one of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible. It says that Jesus came humbly in obedience to his Father. He died a criminal's death. He gave up everything. And then God says, let me elevate you. Let me put you on the highest place. That anybody could ever be. Every tongue will confess. Every knee will bow. And will declare that you are God. And in that authority. We stand as sons of God today. It is so beautiful. Now let us think about this quickly. Let us think about. See how could Paul. How could Paul. Who was chained 24 hours a day. To a Roman soldier. And he was busy waiting execution. While reading, writing this letter. How could he write something so beautiful in a place so severe? How can he do that? See how can Paul write something like saying to live is Christ and to die is gain. How can he say that I consider my life worth nothing, nothing to me if only I may dwell in the will of God. How could he write, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord? How can he write, don't be anxious about anything but, but pray and supplication, with thanksgiving bring your request to God and I will give you peace that surpasses all understanding. How could Paul write these things in a moment and in a place where he was facing such severe challenges? When he was staring death in the face. He didn't know if he's going to be executed today or tomorrow. But he still wrote this letter. Filled with joy. Filled with a perspective. That shows us God. Now while well, If we think. If we think like Jesus thought. We will be able to live like Jesus lived. And that was exactly where Paul was. He was there. He, he, he was thinking like Jesus thinking and therefore he lived like Jesus has lived. You see, he had a mind shift. Paul had a mind shift. It's not about me, it's all about him. He had a mind shift. He says, serving is not what I do, it's who I am. He had a mind shift. He said, pleasing God isn't about self-promotion, but self-surrender. See, there were so many reasons Paul could, could be miserable about. Right there. There's so many reasons, and there's so many reasons why we can be miserable today. Maybe you are miserable today. Maybe you say, but I don't have this or that. It's not fair what's happening to me at the moment. I wish I, I wish everything was different at the moment. I wish we didn't have COVID 19, all this stuff that's happening to us. Maybe you say, Why didn't God answer me in that moment that I struggled through the toughest things in my life? I'm miserable. Now let me give you a final mind shift this morning. If you're making notes, it says, My joy is not based on what happens to me, but what God is doing in me and through me. My joy is not based on on what happens to me, but what God is busy doing in me and through me right now, in that challenging moment, in that tough moment, in that place where you feel that I can't be miserable than this. I just physically can't be miserable, more more miserable. You see, this is where our perspective has to change constantly, daily, every day, every week. We need to change our perspective to this, to the perspective that Paul had, showing, our, the pers- showing us the perspective that Jesus had. See, it is never what happened to us. It, it doesn't matter what happens to us, but it matters what happens. us and through us during our life. No matter what challenge we have, no matter what we face, no matter how tough things get, no matter how miserable we are, it all is what happens in you and through you. See our joy is based on what people isn't based on what people or situations do to us and sometimes we fail in this. I fail in this so many times my joy is connected to what happens to me, what I get, how, what people say to me, how people, hand, I mean, all these things, but it's not connected to that. It is all connected and based on who Jesus is, on who Jesus is. It's not, it's not about us, but it's all about him, all about him. See, if you have that perspective in life, then your attitude has to be amazing. It, it Things just change. I want to pray for us today. And I want to, I want to close. I want to encourage you today. That, that, that you would think about your perspective. Especially in a time like this. Think about your perspective of life. Think about your perspective on family. Think about your perspective on business. Or on, on, on your finances. Or on your friendships. Especially our social, our social life at the moment. We have to have a different perspective. If we look at the worldly perspective. You're going to struggle. You're going to fall in depression. There's so many people in depression at the moment because they have a perspective of, I'll never see my friends again. But see, if you have a godly perspective, things change. You see, if, you, if we connect on a, connect our daily perspective to God's Word, opening that Scriptures, connect ourselves to God's Word, and, and we look at what Jesus has done for us, we will not be shaken up if infection rates rise. No, no. We will not be shaken up when our finances tumbles or struggles. We will not be shaken up when fear knocks at your door and you don't know what to do. Let us all make a mind shift today to think of those things that is good and praiseworthy. Are you ready? Maybe this, as I'm speaking today, God has been placing His finger on a few things in your life. I'm going to encourage you to make a couple of notes. And and this week, as you go through, to to trust God, to make a mind shift of how you were used to think about things. And let God's word bring you back to a place where you think about things this way. I mean, I can remember when I went through through burnout and I, I went through severe anxiety and severe panic in my life. One day I just sat down and I wrote a long list of everything I was fearful about everything and then i took it point by point and i asked god to contradict that fear by his word by his word i mean i remember so well first point was i'm afraid of dying at a young age and i said lord will you give me a different perspective on this and i remember god gave me John 10.10 10, says, the enemy comes to kill, kill, steal and destroy. But I've come to give you life and life in abundance. And I was like, man, thank you, Lord. Mind shift right there. Thank you. I cancel that thought. I cancel that fear because God has given me life in abundance. And every time that thought comes up, every time that perspective tries to change my perspective to worldly perspective, I'll come back to the word that says, no, no, I have, a, I have the mind of Christ. Therefore, I can say that I have life in abundance. And I want to challenge you today to make that list this week and then to contradict everything with God's Word so that He can change your perspective. Let's pray together. I want you to take hands as a family and maybe um, you alone. I want you just put your hand on your heart and just connect. Holy Spirit, I'm with you. Holy Spirit, I thank you this morning. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for a moment where we can share your Word, where we can speak about the great things that you have done. Father, we can speak about a perspective that is godly and not worldly. And we will not conform to the worldly things and standards. But we will transform our thinking and our perspective by renewing our mind to Jesus and to Christ and to the gospel. And Father, I pray for everyone watching this morning. Maybe some that I don't know. Those I do know. Father, I thank you that you connect with our hearts this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you come into that living room, come into that room, come into that place where they're watching right now. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you come and just show your love to them right now. That you will change the miserable feeling into a feeling of boldness, of of peace and love in Jesus. Father, thank you that you you came to be a servant. And as you came to serve us, humbly, loving us, you have... God has given you the place above every other place. And thank you that you've given us that authority when you died on a cross and made us sons and daughters of God. And therefore we can stand up today and create a habit of thought that says that we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. We are the head and not the tail. And I thank you, Father, that you stir our faith this morning. To step out of that place of misery, of Thinking what the world thinks. And all these things Lord. Maybe our job is there. And we need to hear those things on a daily basis. But thank you Lord. That that you will change our perspective to such a degree. That it will not move our thoughts. And we will start confessing. And speaking from a perspective. That is godly. Father I thank you. That you are changing perspective this morning. Almost like things falling off of people's minds. And. And I thank you, Father, in this moment that you will solidify this perspective of your word, of your gospel, of your goodness in our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstallenbosch.co.za.